myself. My name is Hey guys, welcome to the Backlot Review, an official part of the Backlot Podcast Network. I am Steven Saria, and I'm joined by longtime co-host John Keg. Wow, John, long time. I like that title. I mean, you have been here a long time. It's, it's been a minute. It really has. We are, et- we are eternal. I've been here since what, Lion King? Was that my first episode? Lion? No, no way. I think before Lion King. Hmm. It was around that time, though. No, no way. No way that was your first episode. Lion King? No, maybe it was Hobbs and Shaw. Ooh, maybe. It was one of those. I mean, oh, Hobbs and Shaw is a fucking masterpiece compared to Lion King. Oh, absolutely. But nothing beats... It's so weird because I'm, I'm watching, I'm watching uh, The Chef Show on Netflix. The Jean Favreau Oh, that show is amazing. Show. Yeah, and during the show, he... He's like making Lion King like during like the filming of this. It's like he mentions it a couple times, and it's like, damn, I forgot you made this. Yeah, it's like his only trash movie. Even it's not it's not even trash, honestly. It's just a reiteration of something that we've already seen. Like I would have w- like wished that he, you know, added some spice like, to it. Different. Like Jungle Book was a little bit different, which I I really appreciated. Yeah, I thought Jungle Book was great, and it's not as beloved as as The Lion King, I think, at least. No, yeah, 100%. Lion King is everyone's yeah. goat. Eh. I mean, bro, a lot of people will say that. Yeah, true. True. Uh, How did we get to Lion King? Oh, long time. Long, long time. time. Go host, yeah. So, another WandaVision episode today. We're going to talk a little bit about episode five, but uh, really most of our attention is going to be focused on episode six, which is the most recent episode. But I do want to give a shout out to two movies uh, that I watched this week before we go ahead and start talking about WandaVision. It's going to be a relatively quick episode today, a little bit of a shorter one before we get into WandaVision episode seven. But I want to talk about really, really shortly, I want to talk about... (laughs) Uh, Malcolm and Marie, which was released, I believe, last week. Yeah. I think it came out the same day that WandaVision Episode 5 came out. Yeah. And there was a lot of hype around this movie, namely because of uh, John David Washington's emerging stardom and Zendaya's emerging stardom. And I believe the director of this, I think, I don't know if he's the writer or the showrunner of Euphoria. I'm not sure, but uh, I did not like Malcolm Memory. You know what's funny is like I I, well, I wanted to watch it the day it released because I mean you and I were actually kind of excited for it. Um, I was I was I do like Zendaya and I and I like uh, John David Washington. Yeah, I saw people like posting about it like how it's not that good, and then finally when you told me like that you weren't into it at all, I was like, eh, I'll, I'll watch it eventually, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna, you know, rush to do it. 
Honestly, I don't think I can recommend this to anybody. Unless you're like a diehard Zendaya fan. I don't think I can recommend this to you in earnest. Like say, hey, watch this movie. It's on Netflix. You're going to have a good time. Because it's not a good time. You, uh, <laughs> I went into this... I went into the movie thinking it was a movie about a relationship. And while it is, it's more so a film about abuse. But I can't tell if that's the point it was trying to make. Huh. Because I'm not going to get too spoilerish, but I mean, John David Washington's a piece of shit to Zendaya in this film. A very manipulative, very uh, verbally abusive. But I don't know if that was uh, the writer's intent. And I know the director of this film wrote it. And and I think that's where the main problem of this movie is, is that the writing is so pretentious. It's so eye-rolly. There's a lot of monologues and a lot of screen caps. I saw a lot of screen caps on Twitter that um, like were ripped straight from Netflix and it had some of like the closed captioning of the dialogue. And I remember looking at some of them and thinking, there's no way this is a real line in the movie. And then I go ahead and I watch the movie and you know, John David Washington is, or Zendaya are saying it and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> it's a real line. <laughs> and I felt like that for most of the film. Now, I, I do know, like you said, I know some people who have liked it and I know some people who are a little lukewarm on it. It is really difficult to watch, especially if you've been in a relationship like this or been around someone who is like John David Washington's character or even Zendaya's character. Uh, it can be a little draining, but I don't think the film is rewarding enough to uh, go ahead and sit through. Because, I mean, I could compare it to Marriage Story, which is a million times a better film, you know, about a relationship. And while the relationship is kind of abusive, you could tell that there there was, I don't want to say passion put into it because I, I don't like saying that there's no passion put into a film because, you know, directors are always putting a passion into it. But it felt more real, right? I know a lot of it in Malcolm and Marie seems like it's the director taking out his frustrations on film critics a lot through John David Washington's monologues. And it was tiring. You know, the dialogue was tiring. Uh, I mean, Zendaya and John David Washington were great, don't get me wrong. By far the best parts of the film. But other than that, it just didn't click for me. It really, really, really did not work. That's interesting. I, I have, I feel like the general view on this movie has been pretty poor like you know seeing people's reactions on twitter and letterboxd and you know all over social media i i feel like a lot of people don't really like this movie that much yeah uh, it's surprising to see because it was pretty like i know a lot of people anticipated this movie especially like on twitter is the entire movie um shot in black and white yes interesting i wonder why he chose that which is cool. Don't get, like the cinematography is cool. Literally everything in the film is except the writing. Is I yeah, the writing is just so bad. It is just atrocious. But now, on the flip side of that, uh, I just recently watched what honestly might be 
my if it would have if it counts as a 2020 film it would have been my number two on my top 10 list and that is uh judas and the black messiah starring uh daniel kaluuya uh lakeith steinfeld and jesse plemons are we are we counting this movie in our 2020 or 2021 list I think I'm counting it towards 2021 because, I mean, technically that's when it was released. However, it will count towards our Backlot Oscars show. Uh, that's that's going to be a hard one. I guess I'll... I kind of want to, yeah. like, judge other people's lists before I put that. I, I haven't seen the movie yet, but I'm sure I'll put it on my list. I hear it's incredible. I don't think I'm going to put it on my list because I watched it in... I mean, it released in 2021. Well, I'm talking about in 2021. Like, I'll add it to my 2021 list, but I, I kind of want to, you know, just see how everyone... It's yeah, better. you're right. You're right. You're right. If like general consensus is like it's a 2020 movie, like Nomadland and Minari, you know, a bunch of people saw that. It technically released in 2020. However, it's not going to be available to everyone else, you know, until later on this year. Yeah. Like in, I think in the next month. So you have a point. But Judas and the Black Messiah was incredible. For those of you who don't know, the film is about. Oh my god, what what is wrong with me? I'm drawing a blank. This guy, this guy watched the movie, didn't even pay attention. No, I li- the craziest <laughs> part is I literally just watched it. You saw it in the theaters, like, right? Yeah, I, I, I literally watched it in theaters like two days ago. What the hell is wrong with me? This guy's a new oh my podcast. <laughs> okay, well, either way, the story chronicles. Uh, Will O'Neill and Fred Hampton. You know what? You know what I kept thinking for some reason? What? Fred Durst. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, obviously, it's not fucking Fred Durst. <laughs> Your fucking brain is all over the place tonight. Bro, it's, I'm literally so tired. I'm literally exhausted. <laughs> so, the, the film chronicles uh, Will O'Neill and... Uh, civil rights activist Fred Hampton who for those of you who don't know was the chairman of the Black Panther Party in the late 60s in Chicago Um, you know Jesse Plemons like I said is in this film as uh, uh, an FBI agent Roy Mitchell and I walked away from this film I knew about Fred Hampton and the story of Fred Hampton and the Black Panthers during that era However, I didn't know much about uh, William O'Neill, who is sort of, I don't want to say his right-hand man, but he was pretty high up, you know, in the ranks of the Black Panthers. He was close with Fred until uh, Will betrays him to the FBI because he had been an informant the whole time because of stuff that happened a couple of years prior. I don't want to get too much into spoilers for those who are interested, but I mean, that's pretty, like, you know, basic U.S. history. Yeah. So, like I said, I walked out of this film with the revelation that Daniel Kaluuya might be a top five actor working in Hollywood right now. I, I, I mean, I knew Lakeith Stanfield was a great actor. You know, we've seen him in Sorry to Bother You. We've seen him in Knives Out, Uncut Gems. You know, he, he's always been great. And while he's fantastic Kaluuya, in Atlanta. I haven't watched Atlanta, but I heard he is really good in Atlanta. He's amazing in Atlanta. He's hilarious. And now, while Kyle uh, Daniel Kaluuya 
you know, it was great. He was fantastic in Get Out. He was good in Black Panther. He was great in Queen and Slim. I think Judas and the Black Messiah is his best role to date. I mean, he was Fred Hampton. He was absolutely transformative, to say the least. I mean, there are some scenes in this film, again, I don't want to give too many spoilers, where, you know, there's very few times where, like, you watch a movie and you forget you're really watching an actor. You feel like you're watching, you know, something happen in real life before you. It doesn't happen to me too often. But there's a scene in this movie uh, where Daniel Kaluuya absolutely just transforms. And it might honestly be my favorite scene of the year. Which is kind of crazy because in my top 10 of the year episode, I talked about how much I love the ending of Soul. Where he's playing the piano and he's reminiscing about all the little moments of his life. This film had a scene that for me beats that. And it really is... While it's great filmmaking by Shaka King, this is his second um, like feature-length film, well, it is great filmmaking because there's a lot really going on in the scene. If, if you watch it, you pick up on a lot of things between several characters. But really, I think it's because of Daniel Kaluuya's monologue you know, of this, you know, reciting this Fred Hampton speech. And, I mean, I have goosebumps literally talking about it. I had, I had goosebumps at the theaters watching it and just thinking about it, you know, takes me back. The film was phenomenal. I mean, like I said, Lakeith Stanfield, uh, Jesse Plemons, uh, even um, Dominique Fishback, was, they were all great. Also, some surprise Martin Sheen. I didn't know Martin Sheen was in this movie. He is. That's random as he plays hell. A, yeah, he plays uh, J. Edgar Hoover. That's awesome. <laughs> Piece of shit in this movie. Piece of shit in this movie. But really, out of such an amazing, amazing cast... Daniel Kaluuya was I mean I know I talk about I I talked a lot about Chadwick Boseman and his how I believe he should have been or he should be the Oscar winner for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom I think Kaluuya really gives him a run for his money and I think it's really close wow yeah and shout out to Jesse Plemons just uh broke today that he's joining Scorsese's uh I was gonna, the flower moon. I was going to bring that up. That's actually awesome for him. Yeah, he's uh I think Le- he's taking over Leo's role and Leo is stepping into a more minor. Yeah. I wonder why. I mean, I guess we'll see. I'm sure more information will follow, but uh shout out to Jesse Plemons, man. Great actor. He's great in he's this movie. He's very too, underrated. I feel like a lot of people don't like him because he has like a he has like a face that you want to like punch like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like yeah. if you, I know if we've I made fun him, of him on the show. We've made fun of him on the show. JP and I, uh, we have called him Meth Damon. <laughs> but <laughs> I just want everyone to know that we, like, I literally love Jesse Plemons. You know, he dated Kirsten Dunst, right? I'm pretty sure they're engaged. Hmm. I love that. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's great, man. He, he's really good. I didn't know he was in Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He's a good actor, man. He's a good actor. There's some good content yeah. coming out, man. It's, it's, I mean, so much shit has been coming out. Good movies, good TV shows. I mean, we have Marvel shows that are fucking lining up every single day of the year, it sounds like. Yeah, every I mean, they just said that they were releasing uh, behind-the-scenes documentaries. Yeah, so we're getting a lot of content uh, this year. 
Yeah, I mean, compared to, you know, yeah. the desert that was 2020. Yeah, they're making it up. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it continues, you know? Hopefully the trend continues and and we continue to get to get all this content. You know what I've, uh, b- before we uh, move on real quick, I want to bring up. You know what I've been watching recently? What? So if anyone follows me on Letterboxd, you'd probably, you'll probably get the general idea of what I'm doing. I started watching. I rewatched Cobra Ka- or the Karate Kid one and two, and then you told me. yeah, and then I watched three, and then the next Karate Kid, which fucking sucks, but I watched it anyways. And I've only um, seen the first. Yeah, they're the first two were like the first one's amazing. The second one's okay. The third one's a little bit less than okay, and then the fourth one, which um, Ralph Macchio is not even in it. Uh, that one's kind of whatever. I think Hillary Swank is the main character, but. You know who cares, uh, but I'm watching the Cobra, the Cobra Kai series on Netflix, and bro, it is fantastic. This show, like, really, dude. I, I'm telling you, like, whenever you're done watching whatever you're watching right now, like, you know what I mean? Like, rewatch those movies, the Karate Kid movies, and then watch Cobra Kai. I'm telling you, bro, you will love it. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've heard honestly, it's it's kind of surprising. I, I always thought, you know, Cobra. I okay, I was never too into Karate Kid. Actually, the first Karate Kid I ever watched was the fucking Jaden Smith one. <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, but I've I've only watched the first Karate Kid, so obviously I'm not it's, too into it. Like but when I, I heard Cobra Kai was actually really good, I was like, I was kind of surprised. I, I mean, was, so you've seen the first one, right? Yeah. So like a long time ago. Like long story short, Johnny, which is like the bully in the movie, he loses to Danny in the tournament in the karate tournament at the yeah. end. And the show is about Johnny, like how he's like, you know, he's probably like in his late 40s, early 50s now. And, uh, you know, how his life is going and it's really not going well. And then they also show Danny's perspective, how Danny's like, in this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Him and the guy that plays Johnny, they're the main characters. And this guy, like he brings back the Cobra Kai uh, dojo, the karate team. You know what I mean? And. Bro, it's fucking fantastic. And the way they honor, like, Mr. Miyagi, because, um, ah, I forgot the top of my head. The, the, the actor that plays Mr. Miyagi, he's he died, like, maybe 15 years ago. Um, they honor him, like, a couple times in this show, and it's fucking amazing. And, like, there's a lot of scenes that kind of, like, give me goosebumps because of, like, mm. it's just, there's so many callbacks to the original movies that I just, it's fucking, it's it's good TV, man. I, I, I like, I really want you to get into it. I feel like you'll like it a lot. Like, oh, it was a YouTube Red show, right? Yeah, so the first two seasons were YouTube Red, and then Netflix, I think, paid for the rights or whatever to get the third season and so on. How many seasons are there now? Three, and they're 10 episodes each, like 30 minutes episodes, so it's a quick watch. Oh, that is a pretty quick watch. Yeah. I highly recommend it to anybody. Like, there's, like and obviously, the movies have like a few corny scenes in it here and there. I mean, it's the fucking 80s. The yeah. show, I think, adds that a little bit. Like they add a little bit of their own cordiness to it, but it works and it's fucking good. It's it's so good. I, I'm having a blast watching it. But um, with that being maybe said, I'll, maybe I'll I'll give it a watch. Now, since we're talking about things that we've been like watching and like binge watching, oh, uh, I just actually finished yesterday, or actually no, this morning, I just finished rewatching uh the Ocean trilogy, Ocean's Eleven, Twelve, and Thirteen. Goat movies, bro. I love these movies. Didn't they make a new one recently like with the girls or something? I don't think I saw that one. Yeah, Ocean's 8. Is that good? It's like Sandra Bullock, Anne Hathaway. I haven't seen Ocean's 8. I was going to watch it today, actually. I just haven't gotten around to it. It's in the same universe, right? Isn't that like isn't that his wife or something? 
No, I think it's like his sister or something. But she's in it, right? Like Sandra Bullock, I think, was in the old ones. No, you're thinking of Julia Roberts. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Julia Roberts, who is George Clooney's wife, is a main character in Ocean's Eleven and Twelve. She's not in Thirteen, though. Okay. But I was watching Ocean's Eleven, and, and it had been a little bit since I had seen it. I love Ocean's Eleven, though. And I always forget just how crazy the cast is. Oh, it's so stacked. I mean, you have George Clooney, Brad Pitt coming off of uh, Fight Club, and you know it's the height of Brad Pitt. I, I would say, I would argue it's the it's the height of uh, Brad Pitt and George Clooney. Yeah, I mean you have you have Matt Damon coming off the Bourne films or starting the Bourne films. You have Julia Roberts at the height of probably her career. Pretty sure she was the highest paid actress in Hollywood at this time. Coming off an Oscar. You have Don Cheadle in that horrific London accent. <laughs> Casey Affleck is in this movie. I forgot Casey Affleck is in it. Uh, Casey Carl Affleck is in Ocean's Eleven? Yeah, he's in all three of them. Bro, I cannot put it like my... Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, Andy Garcia is is in all three of them, obviously. Oh, Carl Rainer. yeah. I just Googled it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Carl Rainer, who, you know, rest in peace, great Carl Rainer. He looks so he's, young. In, he's in all three of them. Yeah, Vincent Cassell is in is in twelve and thirteen. Al Pacino is in thirteen. Like these are crazy, crazy. Yeah. I actually I'm gonna have to rewatch these. I mean, they're all on Netflix. They leave on the twenty eighth. So you have a week and a half. Alright, I'm gonna to do that. Them. I'm almost done with Cobra Kai, so as soon as I do that, then I'll start my Oceans binge. Is Oceans yeah, eight really, on Netflix? I, love... I don't think so. We'll find it. But really, the ocean movies are so chill and fun to watch because, like, while there are stakes, obviously, like, we know that our characters have to win and lose, it's never takes itself seriously. Like, we know, you know, somehow our guys are going to end up on top, and it's just so cool and systematic about it. And, like, the twists and turns. 11 is still the best one. 12, I think, kind of gets shit on because there's a really dumb plot line like towards the end of it that's really stupid but like in a funny way and 13 is good but 11 in my opinion is probably the greatest heist movie ever made yeah it definitely might be I mean be. It's, it's so tightly written uh, the surprises are, are really cool the cast is again insane and everybody really has their moments to shine you know it doesn't really feel too too overcrowded you know it's also also a really good heist movie um, the Italian Job. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Is that the Mark Wahlberg one? Yeah, I think uh, Jason Statham's in that one too. Yeah, he is. That, that's a pretty good heist movie. Um, yeah. But anyways, let's uh, let's yeah, let's uh, talk about divert. what we came on here to talk about. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's talk back. about like Cobra Kai and shit. <laughs> I'm I'm opening up a karate dojo. That's why I brought it up. Oh, oh, damn, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, really quickly, we're going to do it a little differently. Uh, I think I may have said it earlier in the episode. I don't even remember. I don't remember what I said. The you first did it. Time you said it to me. Episode. Oh, okay, that's right. So, we're going to do this episode a little differently than how we've done our previous WandaVision discussions. And honestly, we're probably just going to start releasing them weekly instead of two a week. I think now is the best time to do that because the show is starting to ramp up and get fucking insane. Yeah. So we're going to talk about episode five shortly. No non-spoiler section. Everything we're talking about WandaVision from here on out 
is spoilers for so, for both episodes five and six. Yeah, for both episodes. Because if you're listening to this, there's just no fucking way you haven't seen WandaVision. So there's no point in talking about it non spoilers. I I think. Yeah. So WandaVision episode five and six discussion together. John, what do you think? I can't believe Wanda you killed, killed off time, I was killed off first. everybody. I was not expecting Wanda to die so soon. <laughs> um, no, nah. like the fact that Captain America came back and ripped her head off with his shield was. <laughs> I was not expecting. That's Marvel something to go that I would definitely see in like a Deadpool comic. I could see like I could see like the new Justice League doing that. Oh like God. the first five minutes, just so like Superman just rips like flat, like flashes we, head off. Hold on, let's take a pause to this fucking discussion on Wandavision. Like, what, what was your thoughts? We're never gonna talk about Wandavision. <laughs> what was your thoughts on that? If you're listening to this, like for one, you're probably a superhero fan, and you know you like the genre, and I know a lot of people are very excited for this Snyder cut. You know, I like some of Zack Snyder's movies. I hate a lot of the other ones. I'm interested to see what it is, but like, bro, after watching this newest trailer that came out a few days ago, like, I've like lost interest in this movie. I don't know what you think about it, but I don't. I mean, it didn't look good to me. I think it looks fucking terrible, but like, I definitely can see why the studio like brought Joss Whedon in, and I, I don't think Joss Whedon was a good, you know, person to bring in to fix all that up. But well, I mean, you know what happened, right, with Snyder. Well, I know the the whole thing with his daughter. Yeah, so but like he had this to is, like step away, but they sh- they should have consulted. Well, this is him the thing. On who he wanted to? No, but this was the thing. So he like came out and spoke about it on. I, I watched the entire thing, and he came out and said that his so his daughter, unfortunately, did commit suicide. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. It's, it's 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 a it's a very sad you know thing that happened yeah it's really life. sad like it, it, it's like, a really sad yeah thing. like even though like Zack Snyder like we shit on him sometimes like. The guy is still like a good filmmaker. Like he, like he knows what he's doing. He's, you know what I mean. Like I still have a lot of respect for this fucking individual. I would rather watch his movies than a lot of other directors. At least he has a style. Yeah, definitely. Like I can watch Watchmen three hundred and have a lot, have a good time. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so that happened, and I think he need one. He was gonna take like a, maybe a few days or a few weeks to you know mourn, and within that time Warner Brothers said you know like they looked at it as like an opportunity to be like you know what like fuck this shit let's bring someone on board because Batman versus Superman and Suicide Squad are getting shit on and we can't have this anymore so they pretty much like fired him but used the excuse of his daughter as like for the firing you get what I'm saying really? and he couldn't really speak out on it then but now he's been able to, and he you could tell he's, like, tiptoeing around it still because, you know, he wants this movie to come out, and he wants, like, good press around it. Um, but that was pretty much the case. Like, they pretty much fired him, and then Brad Joss Whedon, and then he didn't really have a say after that. Like, they literally were just like, all right, you know, we have your film, we have your footage, we're going to go from here. So, I don't know. After seeing this, this this trailer, though, I'm not excited. Interesting. Like, look, I'm I'm happy that Snyder's vision is finally going to be seen to the world because I do think that the fact that Justice League's reputation sort of falls on Snyder even though it was a Joss Whedon movie. I mean, Joss Whedon, I'm pretty sure, it's you shot like yeah. 80% of the movie or something like that. You can that. see Whedon's uh, like fingerprints all over the movie. Yeah, so I do think that Snyder's, like, you know, the bad reputation of that movie falls on Snyder. 
Uh, although, however, I don't think his version will be much better. At least by what we've seen. I think a lot of it looks really corny. I think a lot of the CGI looks awful. Like, there's a shot of, of Cyborg that, like, flashes really quickly. That he legitimately looks like a PS2 character. He I'm looks... A, and- I mean, you and I mean, I think you and I both have spoken this on the podcast. Like, we're big fans of Darkseid. Like, I think we've literally said like he would shit on Thanos, like no question. Like, he's that powerful. We like we yeah, like Thanos the with no gauntlet. Yeah, Thanos with no gauntlet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with the gauntlet, everything changes. But like, Darkseid is that powerful. He's that like insane, great character. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm just like. You know, it doesn't look good to me. Like, he doesn't look... Like, okay, he looks, like, menacing, but, like, it doesn't look, like, scary. Like, why are we getting a black suit Superman in Superman's third movie? Yeah, exactly. Like, I would be like, fine with... Like, if this was the third, like, Superman standalone of him getting the black suit. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, there's just, like, so much. And, and look, the movie is f- four hours long. So it was going to be six. Remember, he wanted to release six episodes that were that were an hour long each. Like, bro, it's fucking crazy, bro. That's how exhausting. much? But how much? Like, how much did this guy shoot, man? Like, that's so much of a movie. Like, uh, he has. It's it's just insane. This new trailer just didn't really cut it out for me. Like, I don't. I don't and can know. we talk about how fucking stupid that Joker line at the end was? <laughs> okay, but that was actually good though. I, I can't believe he actually said we live in a society. <laughs> like so the meta. meme actually happened. It actually, I sent you the the picture right where it's yeah. like it's like here, Batman. I brought you some crazy straws, or yeah. as I call them, <laughs> straws. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I was like, this is so stupid. <laughs> nah, I'm actually like, I'm actually mind blown that he threw that line into the into into the trailer, not even in the movie, into the trailer. Um, like I don't know if it, I don't know if he did it like in a self aware sense. Oh, he did. 100%. Or he actually thought it was a good line. No, he 100 percent did it for that reason. I, I think both. I think both. I mean, I don't know. But so, whatever. Okay, enough about. We're never going to talk about WandaVision on the WandaVision episode. So let's talk about WandaVision. So, so I, okay. So let me. I guess I'll. Go. Yeah, you go first. You go first. So obviously, I like where this is going. The story. Um, I'm starting to think that what you said. I mean, you can you can uh, bounce off me if you want. Um, what you said like last episode or the episode before, where you said that you think Wanda is the antagonist for this series i guess the villain um i'm starting to you know get convinced of that i don't know if you still believe in that but everything is pointing in that direction i i'm a little sussed out by um by the sword director i forget his name mayfield something like that hayward hayward is it not mayfield what do i think of mayfield it's uh ba- yeah baker mayfield <laughs> um you know what i'm thinking about mandalorian isn't that no. Bill Burr's character's name? I think so. <laughs> Whatever. I'm starting to think that he has a bigger role than we think. Um, oh, yeah. I definitely think he's he's definitely a villain in this in some capacity. Yeah, but I, I think that Wanda actually might end up being the villain. I, I, I'm getting to a point where I feel like I, I might be shocked if Mephisto even gets like involved in this at all. Still can. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be Pietro. We don't fucking know. Okay, I don't think it's Pietro. Who do you think it is? Okay, can I say something? I don't think Mephisto is involved anymore. I, I Every episode has convinced me less and less that he is. Yeah, exactly. Me too. And I think this last episode kind of like put me over like the fence. I don't think Mephisto is involved at all. I think 
Okay, I think these are the villains. I think Wanda is the main quote-unquote villain in the show. I think Hayward, in some capacity, is villainous. I mean, one, the dude's a fucking dick. Two, I think he was doing something really suspect with Vision's body. Like, I think he... I think he's... My guess is... Is that he is trying to turn Vision into, like, a weapon. Yeah. That, like, like sort of like how Tony created Ultron. Like, yeah. to protect Earth. I think he's doing that with Vision, but, like, with more nefarious reasons. I think they want to also, like, have control of Vision. Because Vision was pretty, like... At the end of the day, he was a person. You know what I mean? Like, this was a an android or robot i don't i don't know what you classify him under but he at the end of the day was a person he had his own thoughts you know he has like that line in ultron where he says like i am i am you know what i mean like he is an individual i think that sword wanted to control him and control everything about him because vision i mean at the end of the day is an extremely powerful avenger well can i say something actually what I think Hayward is a scroll. Not bad scroll though. Yeah, yeah. Because I think they they established that scrolls aren't really bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do think Hayward is a bad scroll, and I think uh, I think we're gonna start seeing the bad ones. Some more scroll presence as we lead towards Secret War. Yeah, I or Secret Invasion, you mean? Secret Invasion, yeah. yeah um. Invasion. Yeah, I can actually see that. Um. Damn, actually, I never thought about that. Because, the th- yeah, we never really got introduced to many villainous scrolls, and there's none that we know of at the moment. You know what I mean? All the ones that we know are all good guys. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I, I could see I that. I mean, I think that's interesting. And, and it's, it's I think it, it's the time frame where they've got to start... Introducing you know, it. Introducing it and, and, you know, saying that, hey, you know, some, some of these scrolls aren't good people. Or aliens. Now, I wonder if they're going to expose that in this show or in Secret Invasion. If he is. I think they'll probably... Ooh, that's good. I don't think they tease it at the end of this. I mean, they could. They could tease it, like, you know, him, like, showing his real identity to, like, himself, like, in the mirror or something. And we're all like, oh, shit, like, I knew this guy was a bad guy. And then, you know, Secret Invasion comes and... That's true. I'd be cool with that. Yeah, so, like I said, I think he's definitely a villain. I think Wanda's a villain. And now, I actually think uh, Nightmare is the one who's leeching off of Wanda. I, I've i heard that um, on the internet. I, I have been, like, and that was something that we didn't even bring up, like, you know, in the beginning. But it's starting to come to fruition, it looks like. Yeah, I mean, I really think... I think Nightmare is manipulating Agnes also. Like, I think Agnes is going to be a villain as well. I know she's not really villain. She's not villainous in the comic books. Um, I know I said that in one of the episodes. Like, I think in the first episode, uh, I was wrong, though. I'll mm-hmm. admit, I'm, a, I'm a man. I'll admit that I'm, I was wrong. <laughs> uh, she actually is just like, she just trains Wanda. But I thought she betrayed her. But I do think, however, in this show, Agnes is actually bad. I think so too, and I think they're starting to point us in that direction, especially with her outfit in the uh, Halloween episode. I think those outfits ve- are very telling. Or fuck, Ugh. the thing is, I, mm. what are you? No, I wasn't thinking of the last episode. I wasn't thinking of the last episode when I when I made that comment. I take that back. 
I think Agnes is a wild card. Okay, I could see her being a wild card. Um, I, I I could see her being both ways because because there's no way if she's bad she would play along. Yes, like how she has been. Okay, but then you're talking about because with Vision, maybe she was doing that to point Vision into the in the direction of them living in a dream or or in her reality and Wanda's reality. For a reason. But why would she want to do that? And if she was bad, why would she want to do that and risk vision, you know, breaking free or finding out the truth or getting outside help? Well, what's her what's her endgame then? I think she is trying to actually I think she knows what Wanda's doing, and I think she's trying to help Wanda. In the same way she does in the comics, where like in the comics she mentors Wanda. But then what? But, like, but what's the end game? Like, what do you think the end game is? Like that Wanda takes over the entire world? No. So, I think Nightmare is manipulating. Like, I think he's definitely feeding something to Wanda, or like subtly manipulating her. Now, where this ends, I think. I don't want to say mutants are mentioned, but I think. Eventually, I think because of something that Wanda does, I think mutants will begin to become like established in the MCU or will begin to be mentioned. You're talking about because of Wanda's... Um... Because we know she can manipulate reality. Yes, so like I think, do you think so that like, she's already slowly starting to do that, like like introducing the mutants to the to this world? So this is the thing. So uh, this show has been compared a lot to like House of M. So it's fantastic, you, by the way. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know what House of M is, it's a very famous storyline in the comic books where Wanda literally says no more mutants, and I think I don't think all of the mutants, but I think like ninety nine percent of the mutants in the world like disappear or lose their powers. There are no mutants, obviously, in the MCU. So I think it's actually the reverse of that. I think somehow mutants are going to start becoming incorporated, whether she, you know, activates a certain gene in certain individuals. And I think they're going to turn Miss Marvel into a mutant. Because in the ah, comics... Ah, maybe. Because look, look, look. This is, this is why I think so. So in the comics... Um, Miss Marvel is uh, oh my god, what's that group? That fucking that, that show they just had a show that failed inhuman. miserably, yeah. So, Miss Marvel's an inhuman, <laughs> <laughs> failed miserably. <laughs> okay, actually, yeah, that's actually a good idea, yeah. So, Miss Marvel's an inhuman. I had brought this up on Friday with the you know, the watch party I saw it with. I never like, I, I, I was saying like that because I know that they want to eventually introduce the inhumans. But they're in a weird situation because they want to bring out Miss Marvel as fast as they can. So and I heard two things about the Inhumans. I've heard one that they're going to be referenced as a show inside the Miss Marvel universe. That'd be cool. But I also heard that Black Bolt, who is an Inhuman, is going to be a Miss Marvel. So I'm not sure. Then Diesel is Black Bolt. He's already Groot. I know he wants to play. Uh, he wants to play him so bad, though, apparently. Okay, so 
if Ms. Imagine they Marvel, get The Rock as Black Bolt. I'd be fine with that. Anybody, honestly, fight? anybody could do it. <laughs> I know, but do you think they would fight? What, Groot and... Uh... No, like if Finn Diesel wants a Black Bolt and then they cast The Rock to play him. Oh, yeah, I could see them fighting for that. No, like literally fist fight. I mean, fucking Vin Diesel already hates The Rock. Oh, no, he hates him. I don't know why he hates him, bro. Like, how do you hate The Rock? I mean, I'm not going to get into that story right now. <laughs> um, okay, if you want so, to know the story, fucking at me on Twitter. It, so you're saying that Miss Marvel could potentially become a mutant instead of an inhuman. Yeah, so the reason I say that is because her being an inhuman in the comics is like barely part of her character. And I think I don't even really think the, you would know. I think that was just like a the fastest way for them to make this character. Yeah, and I think the reason they made her an Inhuman was because before Marvel got the rights to Disney, they were sort of putting, like comic book wise, they were sort of giving the X Men less relevancy while trying to boost the Inhumans. Yep. Because you know a Fox and all this, a lot of behind the scenes corporate shit. But yeah. now, obviously, that they have the rights to X-Men, I mean, they could pretty easily just make Miss Marvel a mutant. Like, again, it's not really th- that important to her character. The most the most important part of Miss Marvel's character is the fact that she's a Muslim superhero. Yes. So, you know, the mutant and the, hu- and the inhuman stuff, at least in my opinion, um, is much more minor. Okay. And I think they could definitely start to introduce the idea of mutants, you know, coming into the MCU because of something that Wanda did. Okay, I see this also because now that I think about it, and I don't know if this is where you were going with it, but Miss Marvel takes place in New Jersey. Yeah. So she's down the block. She's like, <laughs> at most, like, what, an hour away? Maybe she's in Westview right now. She could be. She very. She really could be. Damn, that's actually that would be a cool introduction to Miss Marvel, like using WandaVision. Yeah, I'm game for I that. Mean, yeah, I mean we'll see though. I mean it's just okay. So it's just a theory, just something I thought of. So rewinding it back a little bit. So Agnes, she's in the car. I, I we're on episode six right now, so I mean, we're gonna this episode's gonna be all over the place when it comes to what episode we're discussing. But right now in episode six, Agnes is in the car. She's at the edge of the hex. She's bugging out. And then Vision, you know, I guess lets her see clearly. You know, he taps her on the on the head or whatever it was. And she's telling him, like, she's controlling everything. And then what? She starts, like, hysterically laughing, right? I don't... I'm trying yeah. to, like, remember at the top of my head. Well, she starts, like, telling him... Like, that's when she tells him you're dead. Okay. Like, that's when Vision... Because remember, Vision doesn't know... He, he wasn't a past life because he even says she tells him you know you're an avenger he's like what the hell is an avenger and then she's like oh you know you're dead and he's like wait what <laughs> okay so yeah so she's telling vision that he's dead okay i have a question now so immediately after that scene vision realizes you know that i guess he's in some type of force field or whatever and starts to exit you know the hex and he is confronted by, you know, some of the soldiers and whatnot, the characters of S.W.O.R.D. And when Scarlet Witch, I, I don't know, like, do you think that she has some type of power on this hex where, like, if you're trying to leave it, it, like, kills you? Because Vision starts to die. Now, 
what I'm what I, why I'm the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I want to ask what you think is vision dead all along and him walking out is you know him reverting back to his you know normal self outside of the hex meaning he's dead or do you think that the hex as he was walking out was killing him you know no, what I'm saying I interpreted that yeah but I interpreted that scene as just vision dying because he's a dead boy outside so you think that only inside this hex is where he's alive yeah which I mean it's going to be interesting because are Billy and Tommy real I think they are real. Like, but okay, but the thing is, he was able to communicate or he was able to read Vision's mind when Vision was outside of the hex. So, like, are they. That leads me to believe they're real, but how the fuck did Wanda get pregnant? <laughs> I mean, at this point. <sighs> I mean, I guess she could just. I mean, I guess it's not too far off. She could just create life, but that's kind of crazy. It is pretty crazy. Um, I mean, that's that's just like the go-to, you know, thing that I can think of. Uh, like, for example, damn, bro. Like, there's so much to this fucking show. Yeah. It's a lot like, to, like, think, wrap your brain around. Yeah, I think Pietro is, is actually Fox Pietro. I don't think there's any trickery with that. But the thing about him is that he is, like, extremely self-aware. I mean, he has Pietro's memories. But I feel like he's very self-aware as to what is going on, whereas other characters are not. Well, I, I don't know if you saw this, but I saw it on, on Twitter. when In this episode, when I think Billy turns to talk directly to the camera, you he's, see... Yep, yep. Yeah, he's looking at Peter listening, and he's the or, uh, he's looking at, at Tommy listening, and he's the only character who acknowledges, like, whoever does that. So, the only character who... The thing is, okay, so... A lot of people are saying that could either be a big deal or a very tiny big deal. Like, you know, it's 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 one extreme or the other because the show was obviously trying to emulate uh, Malcolm in the Middle, mm-hmm. and and Malcolm in the Middle, when Malcolm does talk to the camera, he does exactly that. Um, I think his brothers are the only ones that can ever actually like look at him and acknowledge what he's doing, and they don't say anything. They just like you know like how. WandaVision did it he just looks at them while he's talking to the camera but nothing ever comes of it and I think that could definitely be a thing in this show where you know only like only Quicksilver and um, maybe his brother are the only ones that could see him doing that but it is interesting that Pietro is one of the people that could you know what I mean like he he's so he's too self-aware in my opinion like he has to have a bigger I mean, clearly, for them to bring him, like, to bring Evan Peters on board, he, he definitely has a bigger role in this than we think, um, or, that, or that most people think. Now, what role that is, I don't know. Could it be Mephisto? Maybe. I, I There's just, like, I don't he's think a little so. too self-aware. So. so, I saw someone... I think it's actually Pietro. So, I saw someone post on... Um, I don't know if you agree with this. One thing I want to bring up, is the commercial and i feel oh, like we've yes. been very spot on with our commercial analysis in the past episodes this one completely threw me off guard i i'm still trying to figure out what they were trying to tell us in this in this episode but the shark in the in the commercial a lot of people think is like a re- like is that could be P- 
Pietro. You know what I mean? Like another, like a ver, like a like that's like a reference to him. You know what I mean? And the kid dying is either Wando or maybe Vision. Like, what do you think about that? Okay, so I actually had this uh, discussion with my cousin, and I think so far, I'm still right. I think on so my too. Initial analysis. Uh, but I do think this is probably the one that's most out there. Dude, that shit was dark, by the way. That was a very yeah, was dark really commercial. Dark. Like, I was actually shocked that they, like, that's like a Disney Marvel thing. Like, it was pretty yeah. dark. Yeah, I agree. So, the way I interpreted that commercial was that this is Nightmare feeding off of Wanda's energy. So, Nightmare would be the shark. Yes, so Nightmare is feeding off of Wanda's energy, hence the tagline, Snacked on Yo Magic. And mm. if she can't learn to control it, she will die. Which brings us directly to Doctor Strange. And, you know, obviously we know Wanda's going to be in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I believe Doctor Strange will show up in WandaVision at some point to train her. Like to sort of teach her the ropes of you know magic and how to become that could be you know how that to, can honestly be like the last scene of the show. That's what I was thinking. It was pro- it'll probably be a last scene. I would like it if he was in more of it, but I could definitely see it being like a like an end credit cameo. But the way I interpreted that um that commercial is you know nightmare or whoever the villain is. I believe it's nightmare feeding off of Wanda's energy to the point where if she doesn't learn how to control her magic, she will die. And I think that that's, like, you know, part of her trauma. Like, that is a source of her trauma, which, you know, Lagos, uh, the brainwashing Hydra, uh, the Tony Stark bomb, and what was the second one? The watch, the Strucker watch. I think so far I'm, I'm batting 100 or 1,000. Yeah, I think so, too. This one was definitely out there. I, yeah, I this one was definitely the hardest one to, to, to I, wrap up. I could definitely see the nightmare thing. Bro, there's just a lot going on, and there really is. Are do you still? I'm assuming you still think that Agnes is uh, is um, what's her face? Agatha Harkness. Yes. Yeah, I think so. But again, I, th- I, I think, think I think they're trying card. to. She could tell either us. be bad or good. However, because of the last episode, I'm 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 starting to believe she's actually a good character. Okay. I think Dottie is bad though. Yeah, and I think that the actress that played Dottie is like has been teasing something online, like you know, get ready to see Dottie again. Like, that she could be just fucking with us, <laughs> but yeah, she has been teasing that online. I'm very interested to see what happens with Dottie. Yeah, I mean, it's good. I mean, episode five had probably my favorite moment, my favorite moment of the series, which is what, um, which is the scene where Vision and Wanda, like Vision, obviously finds out that. You know, Wanda is manipulating the people of Westview, and they start yelling at each other in the house. And then the fake credits roll, and they continue to oh, argue yeah, in the yeah, background. Yeah. So good. Um, and then they start like you know, it, it escalates and escalates and escalates um, until they're both like they both pretty much square up against each other. That's probably my favorite scene of the show. That fake out with the end credits, I, I, I thought it was fantastic. And then it just keeps going. Yeah, that was actually very good. Yeah, I thought it was really well done. And this last episode. Had some some cool moments too, in my opinion. That whole scene with 
with Agnes in the car, I thought was was pretty well done. I mean, it ended on a huge cliffhanger, you know, with Wanda increasing the size of the hex. Do you think... So a lot of people are speculating that the hex will grow to be... Or grow around the Earth. And if that's the case, then Doctor Strange will probably get involved very soon. Um, Can you see that happening? No, I don't think it'll... I don't think it'll go around the Earth. That's insane. Around the whole fucking world. I, I feel like that, like, Scarlet Witch might not be able to handle that. Like, she's already, like, having a hard time, you know, after the third episode. She was already, like, having a hard time, you know, con- trying to control things within a little city. Yeah. I mean, not but, even a city. It's a fucking town. Yeah. Like, this, you know, a couple houses, like, 300 people. <laughs> um, yeah. And hey, something that 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 I feel gets glossed over a lot. We have Darcy stuck in the hex now. Yeah, Darcy is stuck in the hex, and she was. Uh, it sucks because she's also one of the characters that was figuring this thing out. So now we yeah. gotta we gotta we gotta rely on Jimmy Woo and um, Monica and Monica to, you know, crack the code. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, exciting next week, or not even next week in the. Like two days is yeah. We're recording this on Wednesday episode. night when we. I mean, it's it's already about to happen. We're about to, yeah. we're almost here for this next episode. Yeah, I mean, we have the, the it's a Modern Family themed episode. Interesting. However, I was wrong <laughs> about the runtime. I think this episode is only going to be thirty eight minutes. Yeah, I heard that too. So how I mean, many episodes is the season done. nine? Eight or nine? Yes, nine. Okay. I'm 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 still very curious to know who Paul Bettany and I'm gonna assume Elizabeth Olsen are talking about because Elizabeth Olsen did mention that there is gonna be a spoiler for Mandalorian, um, Luke Skywalker, you know, cameo or or not cameo but like a Luke Skywalker moment towards the end of the show, and I'm assuming yeah. that's what Paul Bettany is talking about. When he says, like, yeah, I got to work with this actor, so much fun. I'm very curious to know who they're talking about because anything could be fucking. It could be anybody. I could. I mean, I do think Doctor Strange appears, but however, I hope that's not the cameo. You know? I, I hope mean, not. We've already too. seen Doctor Strange. Yeah, and we like, in the back of our heads, we all know that, like, Doctor Strange can come in and, like, fix things. So I feel like it'll be like I don't want to say a cop out, but I feel like what we can wait until the last episode to see him. But I don't really, I'm not really trying to see him that much. Yeah, I'm like like I said, I think the perfect example would be like that show coming to an end with the last five minutes of like him and you know Doctor Strange like trying to teach you know the Scarlet Witch how to control her powers and. You know, that's it. Boom. Then we get Doctor Strange 2 in a couple months. or It, it comes out this year, I believe. Um, and it leads right to that. Or no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think Spider-Man comes first. Yeah, Doctor Strange, I think, comes out next year. Yeah, Doctor Strange comes out next year. So it'll lead to Spider-Man and then lead to, to Doctor Strange. It's just there's so much that can happen. Like, I don't know. What, what Do you have any other, like, theories for this episode? Or, or you know for what happened in the last episodes? I mean, not really, honestly. I think we touched upon, like, most of the big ones. 
uh, like I said, I think Doctor Strange does have a role in this. Um, I, I, I'm always, I love Doctor Strange. He's one of my favorite superheroes of all time. So I'm always down for more Doctor Strange. You know, if he's involved in a bigger capacity than just a cameo, I mean, I'm all for it. Uh, again, I hope he's not like the big cameo that's been teased. But look what I just read. That came out an hour ago. Uh, comicbook.com. WandaVision star Tiona Paris is excited for the aerospace engineer's debut. And then in quotes. When I, well, I can't wait to see what y'all's reaction is when you learn what the aerospace engineer is. Or when you learn who the aerospace engineer is. Hmm. This was released an hour ago. She said this. Yes, it's a quote by Tiona Paris. A lot of people are speculating that it could be Blue Marvel, which is a character that I'm not much familiar with at all. Same. Um... Now, I, I'm, I was thinking it could be Blue Marvel, but why would she be hyping it up if it's someone who really only hardcore fans would know unless it was like a big actor? You know? I mean, my go-to like person is Reed Richards, uh, a.k.a. Mr. Fantastic. And yeah. everyone and their mom wants John Krasinski to play him. So like that can, I I feel like it it probably won't happen, but it definitely could. With Marvel, anything is on the table. Um, I mean that would be huge. Like yeah. John Krasinski showing up, we all know who he is. You know what I mean? Even if it's not John Krasinski though, like if they introduce Reed Richards, people are gonna shit. Yeah, because Reed I Richards mean, is a very beloved kept it under character wraps for so long. That's the thing. I don't know. Like, but dude, Luke Skywalker was kept under wraps for a long time. Yeah, that is true. So I don't know, but there's been so many Wandavision like yeah, leaks and stuff. I know, and I I I really hope it doesn't get leaked. Same. Because like apparently episode seven is getting leaked right now, and it's fucking annoying. Because I hate how oh, people fuck. are getting access to this shit. That's fucking annoying. Jeez. Yeah. So. Blue Marvel's a good guess. Reed Richards is a good guess. There's not many else I can think of. I mean, you got to start really diving into these comic books to think of another aerospace engineer type of character. Yeah. It could be anybody. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Still three more episodes. So. Well, there's a lot of episodes. Like That's like a good hour and a half at least of content. Yeah, probably. It is going to be interesting to see how they wrap this up, though. There's a lot of, you know, questions. This was, this episode was literally us just, like, with theories and questions. We yeah. don't really have much answers. And I, I know that they're going to answer our questions, but... I mean, I hope. It's hard to... I don't think all of them will be answered until this multiverse trilogy is really over, though. You know, with Doctor Strange. I think that's when we'll get all our questions answered. I still think... If Spider-Man's not a multiverse movie, people are going to get so bad. I mean, it is, bro. It's Hollywood's worst kept secret. Yeah. In some capacity, it is. Now, is it Spider-Verse, Spider-Verse? Maybe not. But yeah, it could be, not. you know, people from other universes coming over to the MCU. I don't know, man. There's so much that can happen. Yeah. True. Uh, I think that just about, I mean, wraps up this week's episode. 
Yeah, I mean, there's not much to do. I mean, uh, we'll probably record again sometime this weekend, I'm assuming, or next week. Um, yeah, so... Covering so, this new episode. Yeah, yeah, so stay tuned next week, because we're going to talk about that WandaVision episode. No more of this two episodes per podcast episode. We're going to talk about WandaVision episode 7 and uh, Nomadland. I think it comes out on Hulu tomorrow, actually. Awesome. Yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely going to be watching that, uh, and we'll be talking about those two things on the next episode. So Nomadland, I'm sorry to cut you off. Nomadland, is that the same director as uh, Eternals? Yes. I, you know, I didn't know that until like a week ago. Yeah, that's I had I read about that, and I was like, that's interesting. That's why I really want to watch it now. I mean, Kevin Feige said the pitch for Eternals is the best pitch he's ever heard in his life. Really? Yeah, he said that. He was like, dude, the pitch for this movie was amazing. He that's, said it's literally the best pitch I've ever heard. That's insane. So, I mean, I wasn't really too interested in, in Eternals, but after hearing those two things the last couple of weeks... Oh, I think it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited now. Stacked-ass cast, too. Yeah, and Salma Hayek has been saying a lot of really good things. I mean, we don't know anything. We haven't even gotten a trailer or any screen caps. I mean, bro, this the movie's was, supposed to come out in November. It was supposed to already be out if COVID doesn't happen. Yeah, you're right. You would have already saw this. Fuck, that's crazy. Yeah, but Nove- yeah, November is when this movie comes out. We'll probably get something pretty soon here. I thought we would have I mean, been the Super saying Bowl. that for like months, though. No, I know, but I really thought the Super Bowl was going to be the one. But they only showed the, the uh, Winter Soldier show, so I think I think by late April we'll probably have something. I mean, dude, we don't even have anything for Shang Chi, and that movie comes out in like July. Bro, what the fuck is going? Yeah. Marvel is just banking in on their name. Like it's fucking. I think Shang Chi actually hits. So I think Shang Chi and Black Widow will both go to Disney Plus. Straight like like the same. No, like the Mulan, the way Mulan and Raya and the Last Dragon. Well, like Mulan $30. didn't. I don't think it got a theatrical release. Now you think it's gonna get a theatrical release? I could. Yeah, I could see Black Widow doing what HBO Max is doing. Like the theatrical and Disney's Disney plus and Disney's things. holding their, you know, they're 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 staying very like they're, they're they're like they're sticking with their gut of you know we're not going to release anything we're we're doing this in theaters, but I mean I don't know, either way they're, either way they're going to lose a lot of money on on both of these movies just because of the nature of you know movie going right now the mm-hmm. the movies the film is going to lose money at this point it's how do we minimize losing this money because they are starting to get to the point where they are in dangerous territory if they keep pushing back their movie slate. Yeah. Like, you know, they can't keep doing it. <laughs> so, I mean, and the if, movies... If, if, they, if they do it the Mulan way, or if they don't, and if they just do it the Soul way, and they release it on the thing, either way, they're going to get a decent, you know, return on this, because subscriptions will go up if they do release the movie like 30 bucks like mulan people are definitely gonna buy it it's fucking marvel you know like yeah so they're gonna get a decent return so I, yeah I, I guess i agree like they have to get something out of it they can't afford yeah. to i'm not gonna say they can't afford it. they can't afford it but you know they don't want to to avoid like not making any money on these fucking movies no yeah. so it's a tricky situation so uh, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you guys for listening.